Welcome to Horrors of Plenty. This is our third episode. Today we are covering uh, Sesame Street and communities and how they are relating drug addiction to children. And it, it's kind of a sensitive topic. So let's just dive on in. Drug addiction to children? They're, well, they're, they're explaining it as nice as they can, I, I guess. Uh, so you mean to the parents? <laughs> to explain to the children. Oh my god. No, there's a there's a minute and fifty five uh second clip of uh we, we watched it together with Elmo's dad and he's explaining to Carly that people with addiction don't entirely get rid of it and it takes like substantial time to overcome, you know, that kind of hang up. Yeah, this one's a pretty not I wouldn't say well, touchy subject, I guess, and all sorts of matters, but it's it's different. It's a different one that we're going with. It's it's making me scared to even speak on it. <laughs> it's too sensitive. It's crazy. I mean, what would the ads be like to the parents? Would it just, would it have Elmo talking to his dad, and then it's just like, don't end up like this, and it has like the Crypt Keeper? Oh! You know? Like, this is why you don't smoke crack or something? I don't understand. Or like something from The Walking Dead, maybe, with like white little text over it. Oh, don't do this to your kids. No, but anyway, so. <laughs> oh. This is, this is, I don't know. Please cut. <laughs> I mean. Kill it now. It's, it's like not. the drug addiction with parents, just murder. Anyway, yeah, no, so. Yeah. Or, um, I mean, you know you have a problem when you like, I don't know, you're one of those crazy guys that are. Still in the asshole kid next door that keeps breaking your window with his baseball, and then you're selling his organs on the dark dark web the next day. It's a little descriptive. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I mean, it's all hypotheticals. There's movies about all this kinds of crazy stuff, man. You ever see that movie uh, Fido? It's a zombie movie. I haven't oh, seen Fido. Okay. No. So it's uh, it's like a retelling. Well, the origin anyway. The origin of it is like a retelling of uh, Night of the Living Dead, like the original theory of how zombies are like created. So it's like post World War Two, and the idea is this satellite fell from space that gives it radiation, and uh, there's a zombie conflict because of it. But the zombies are under control, and they have these collars. And they're like home servants and stuff. And there's like this one guy who has one is like a sex slave follows him around everywhere. She's like a dead cheerleader. <laughs> but the main character is this little boy who uh, they end up getting a zombie as a servant. And his dad's like scared of zombies. I, I guess from the war he's probably traumatized or something. But anyway, he keeps it as like a pet. And that's why he calls it Fido. So it's a pretty funny movie. That's a trip. I wonder if they could like relate drug addiction to zombies. Instead, to kind of better cross that message with children. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Could you, could you imagine showing, I don't know, can you imagine showing some kid like Dawn of the Dead or something? Like an eight-year-old? Okay, never mind. Yeah, this is what happens back. to your mom. I retract her, that idea. Dad, <laughs> no. you know, little Timmy's dad's out oh there. Oh, my God. I don't know, uh, shooting up heroin in the back alley. This is what he does. That's what he's going to turn into. So, you see how hard it is for me to talk about it in general in a sense of I'm pretty proud of Sesame Street to being able to, like, convey that message. So I think I'm a little too casual about this. Uh, <laughs> just a bit. No, it, I mean, in all seriousness, I they didn't do a bad job because they've covered plenty of topics. And in the future, if you want us to be a little more savage about these community <laughs> Sesame Street things, you let us know. And if I don't make a whole segment out of it, at the very least, 
we could do more episodes on it. Um, if you have any ideas for episodes, let us know. And uh, we'll definitely get started on some more. But we already have like the next 40 planned out. Uh, due to our whole re-recording setback, I had time to uh, that was ahead. pretty insane, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the holidays, obviously, you know, we're shooting around Christmas time. So uh, we'll start doing holiday ones, too, eventually, I think would be fine. What do you think? Yeah, holiday episodes. Yeah, that'd be interesting. For, oh, like wearing ugly sweaters or things yeah, like stuff that, like, like random stuff like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. But we'll we'll start them like maybe on New Year's Eve or something or New Year's Day. So we'll have to be keyed on the New Year's one. We'd have to just drink. You know what I'm saying? Like we're just we gotta fight. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But maybe we could start with Valentine's Day. We'll do one on like Ted Bundy or something. Dang. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll figure out the Valentine's Day one later. But that should probably be. Like, I can release it on Valentine's Day, but there's no way in hell I'm going to live stream on Valentine's Day. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure my girlfriend's going to murder me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you never know. You might get views. Anyway, <laughs> no, back to the whole, yeah, drug addiction. Let's not do that. <laughs> okay. Back to, so how did Sesame Street really convey, like, the, or incorporate exactly how to well, bring the message about? They have different Muppets for, like, certain things. So... You know, they've dressed like homelessness and autism and drug addiction and uh, I don't know what else. There's like a giant list on their site. But Carly is this little green Muppet with like broomstick yellow hair. And there's a couple episodes with her. There's one where they're like at a dinner table. So she's going through it. And she notices that there's not a plate either for her or one of her friends. So she ends up having like this mental breakdown. And then the parents have to come explain to Elmo that she's adopted and that her Mother's going through a tough time. Damn. So and basically, they're just showing like real life events. They're doing it, but they're doing it they're in, in, a, puppets. in like a. They're trying to cushion the blow a little bit. Yeah. Um, which, uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to scar anyone, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to scar your kids. Statistics here. We'll figure it out. Uh, quick facts here. So uh, genetics are a big cause, you know, in environment. So if you about 40 to 60 percent of a person's risk of addiction is between environment and uh genetic i could definitely see environment yeah. for sure genetics i'm not entirely sure about well like if you're if your parent is like an alcoholic and they give you you know you're born you have a chance of being addicted to you know to alcohol or if they had a problem with pills you know you could be in the same boat and you got an opiate problem why would that be though wouldn't that be environment entirely because you'd just be around that, right? Well, if you have a similar neural pathway, at least on a certain level, your personality is going to be affected by that, right? I see what you're saying. Like, you can't okay. you can't escape all of the things from your parents. I mean, you're like a, a culmination of the two. You have to get some of their, you know, some of their genes. I mean, their, their dominant genes are a reflection, you know, of, of you on some level. You can't yeah. escape all of it. Okay. I mean, at least to an extent. I'm not saying that you can't be like a whole 360, you know, different from your parents. But yeah. there's going to be something on some level where you have a, you know, some kind of similarity. It's impossible not to. Yeah. Okay. Um, I could see that. But then teenagers with people with mental health disorders are also at a bigger risk. Uh, a chaotic home environment, uh, attitude towards drugs, peer influence, community attitudes, you know, like poor school achievement. So. I, I, you know, I was like a hell of a hard to leave this ghetto for a little while. It was, 
I don't know. I don't want to mess at neighbors. <laughs> so, I mean, if you grow... I never grew up in that stuff, though, you know, obviously. So if you live in that kind of area and you're growing up in it, it's a little harder to escape those kind of patterns. I can see it. Because if that's all you're ever taught. Like, you know? Yeah. Well, I've seen it my whole life, so, yeah. Just off the streets and stuff. Random stuff. Yeah. There was this one homeless guy we were helping forever, and then he was getting, you know, he was getting better, right? He was doing better. And then one day he just, I don't know, it like backslid and it's continuously worse. And he, uh, we should have busted out Elmo. I didn't, know, I didn't know that was a thing at the time. This uh -huh. was like three years ago. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we're walking down the street and this he just recently shot up and he's like having a seizure. And he's like floundering. It was like the back of the wall. Like it was out. Oh man. Oh, I just imagined and it. Then he snaps out of it real quick and he runs up to me. He's like, hey, you got a dollar? And I'm like, Whoa. what? And um, <laughs> I didn't think over the time, like, we have a care bag. You know, we were, we were thinking about giving him, uh, you know, like food and stuff. And he's like, you got any soda? I'm like, we don't drink soda. Let's go get some water. I don't know, like, there's, I think, some clothes, like a blanket, like toothbrush and stuff. And then he's like, fuck you, I'm soda. I'm like, go to your house and get a soda. And I'm like, I don't drink soda. Like, what the fuck do you want me to do? And he's like, he talks really weird. And he... Uh, but anyway, I just kind of stopped helping him after I, that. I just started imagining Cookie Monster coming up like, Buckley, give me Cookie. And like someone's like, no. Yeah, like can't. a possessed Cookie Monster. <laughs> like fucking rabid cookies from the mouth. But <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I would think of. Right. <laughs> let's look at uh, let's look at recovery statistics now. There's where the real horror is going to come in. Out of 20.7 million people, at age 12 and older that needed treatment, only 4 million people received treatment. Okay. So okay. Like 19%. Okay. So let me, let me, hold on. Let me get this straight. 27 million, 12. No, okay. No, and okay. older. 20, no, 20.7 20. million. So almost 21 million. No, but I'm saying 12 and older. Yeah. 12 and older. From a, from 20 million, almost 21 million. At a 19 Dude. And only 4 million are actually getting any kind of help. Holy shit. What the hell? And then twenty seven in twenty seventeen, more than eighteen million people who needed it but did not receive treatment. Um, only one million or five point seven of those people felt they needed treatment. So out of the eighteen million who did not receive the treatment, only five percent actually felt like they did need it. Okay. Yeah, but that means you know the amount of willpower it would take to know that you at least had the problem. Some people it just it takes longer and they might need more for they need more intervention. But if you know without any kind of poking or prodding, mm -hmm. then it's different. Oh, okay. okay. They're saying that without any major prodding, they're just getting an offer and they're automatically gonna take it. But that's like a five percent out of that eighteen million only one's taking it. And then out of the twenty million, only nineteen are getting it. Nineteen percent are getting it. They want us to stay hopped up, man. That's just what it is. What a lot of other countries look at, like South America, um, I think it's just treated like a health problem. It's decriminalized, and it really lowered a lot of the rates. I can see that. Because you know how much like prison resources and tech money is wasted on people with drug problems? I don't care if Johnny next door smokes crack. Just don't give me any. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you're right. Slowly you're right. kill yourself. I don't yeah. You know it's not my life. Yep. You're I right. mean, don't go out and just don't cause problems for other people. That's because it. if you're because it, it kind of really taught me, you know, like, because I'm overly nice. I, I helped this guy for like a couple of years, and he was, you know, 
And then when it happens, you, you just can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. There you go. And and that's the biggest to kind of proof of that. But, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people that do. But how many of these people that do need it, they want to take it, are actually getting that help? You know, just imagine being the people who do want the help but can't get it. You know, that, that's a whole different thing. Uh, yeah. Versus something like, in its own. fuck you, I'm going to rot my teeth, you know? <laughs> die in prison, fuck you, you know? Yeah. Like this like, crazy guy that chased me down the street after pretending <laughs> he was like a dying fish. I don't know. What the f- <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, see, it was so awkward. Like, I've, oh, I've never intense. seen that before, you know? That's yeah. No, that's that's pretty crazy. Like, because I grew up okay, in a place that was so story. tiny with nowhere like yeah, this. You know, yeah, totally no, different. Have stories. It's fun. All right, fun times. There's over fourteen and a half thousand specialized substance abuse treatment facilities in the United States that are providing care, but the relapse rate is between forty and sixty percent, and it's similar uh, for other chronic diseases such as hypertension or asthma. Sesame Street kind of conveys not only to the children too, but to us as adults, huh? Like the yeah. messages, yeah. So we know. Like, yeah, it's a trip. Oh, by the way, I'm going to start creating PSA videos soon, so you get ready for that. PSA. Yeah, you don't know, like public service announcement. Oh wow! Okay. But yeah. they're going to be they're going to be savage. They're going to be savage. Yeah. There you go. Okay. The first one is going to be covering sexual abstinence, and I'm not going to tell you who the spokesman is. <laughs> what? Yep. Get ready for this one. For sure. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm just like, alright. Addiction is considered highly treatable disease. We have a spokesperson for that one? Oh, no. This is going to be a horror movie villain. Or actually, a couple. Because, oh, I mean, yeah. the whole there's a whole running theme in a lot of horror movies where there's these crazy teenagers and they get ready to have sex and a tent or some cabin somewhere and someone comes up and butchers them. Oh, yeah. Um, That's sad. It's a hint, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> or, or, yeah, I can just make a party out of it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, okay. We'll find out. <laughs> but I, have, I have ideas. But that is the first one. I have other ones that I'm not going to release yet, but that will be the first one I am going to do. Sounds good. All right. If so, anybody might have a guess or anything like that, just... Post it in comments or something. I don't know. I would like some help. Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Try to put whatever titles, whatever. Let, let me know. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's see here. What, what other statistics have we got? Uh, this is for alcohol addiction and abuse specifically. Uh, we're going to cover mostly alcohol and opioid because those are like two of the biggest. Mm-hmm. And also because that's two, two of the biggest that uh, so, communities probably does like hint toward. But there's, like, recurring themes in a lot of addictions, like, at least symptom-wise. So, so what if they, uh, I guess it wouldn't be really considered an addiction then, huh? I already answered my own question. I was like, what if they just, like, drink, quote-unquote, casually? Some people do. Yeah. I can't. I can That's what I mean. Drink half a bottle, whole bottle, one shot. But I haven't drank in years. I don't drink. That's like, good. I don't smoke, we don't do anything. But if I did, I could just put it down and walk away and not even think. No, that's what I mean. So, an addiction to someone who, literally, they feel like they have to have it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, I had a video game addiction for years, and it really screwed over my whole life. Same. And I just started playing, yeah, but then I stopped again. I played for, like, Castlevania for, like, a month. And I stopped again for a month. That's that was good. after, like, an eight-year break. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, so, you know, for, for alcohol specifically, 
There is uh, 5.3% of deaths, or 1 in every 20, worldwide for alcohol. So 1 in 20, every year, that death is usually related to alcohol. Okay. And so 5% globally, that's kind of... That's a big number. Yeah, if you look at it from just a global like, scale. Yeah, yeah, just from alcohol. About around. 300 million people throughout the world have an alcohol use disorder. 30 Americans die every day in alcohol-related <laughs> car accidents. <laughs> And six Americans die every day from alcohol poisoning. Damn. Damn. Who needs a liver? Damn, that's... That's pretty intense, actually. Yeah. Like, how much alcohol is actually being consumed? I mean, what does that tell you about the state of our society in general, though? But it's so much easier to get alcohol than it is, like, heroin or something or meth. I can't, like, walk up to the cigarette store and be like, hey, can I buy a pallet of meth? It doesn't work that way, you know? Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you want to buy a pallet of meth, you go to the Silk Road. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no. Um, I wouldn't really necessarily try to say it's accessibility, though. So, because regardless, drugs aren't legal and tons of people get those, you know what I mean? Uh, like all the time. So maybe more so of like just but a mental state? Mental state, right? Addiction in general? It's a big part. Because if you have the willpower, you can overcome genetics to an extent, and you can overcome... I mean, you can always rewire your brain for patterns, for, like, habits, and uh, set yourself like, an automatic support system, because you can't... You can't have someone pushing you all the time, you know? Yeah. And the hab- our habits are, like, a huge part of how we just automatically maintain our lives as a whole. You can't just go and have, like, a horrible habit system then expect yourself to overcome whatever, you know, sit back yeah, you're having. Yeah. So. Okay. Alright, so about 6% of American adults, uh, 50 million people have an alcohol disorder, and 7 Ameri- 7% of Americans who are addicted ever receive treatment. Which is so easy to sell alcohol, because, you know, it's just, it's easier to control. You know, if you if you casually drink, like, it's, it's a lot easier to become a casual drinker than it is to become, like, a casual uh, opioid user. You know, it's, it's not the same. You can't just casually pop Vicodin every day, it's not... I mean, once a, once a week or something, you know, just casually, I think I want to buy it. I mean, it's weird. Well, look, may, maybe you can. I'm I'm not going to disagree here. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Don't assume it's me. you like, for the love of God. That's kind of what it seemed like there for a minute. Oh, God. Next episode, Phil has a real no. problem. <laughs> I'm here for the addictions. Like, it's... Surprise. This was all for me. Like, <laughs> In 2018, a historically low percentage of American high school students reported drinking. Only 18% of 10th graders and 30% of 12th graders admitted to dry, uh, drinking underage. And compared to 25% and 39% in 2013. I mean, we as people kind of glorify it too, though, right? Like commercialism, etc., things like that. Oh, yeah. Because it always looks like you're partying. Exactly. So it's like, it kind of goes hand in hand. But there's where that mental state comes hey, in as well. You hate your spouse. You hate your job. You hate your kids. Drink your pain away. Yeah. <laughs> we have vodka. <laughs> yeah, and you have like you have like your gray gray goose bottle, and there's all these nice uh, scantily clad ripped people on the beach. And, right, all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. There's a seagull smoking weed. And, you know, <laughs> just... Now who's got the addiction? <laughs> <laughs> Opioids are a class of drugs that block sensations of pain and cause euphoria. Bam, and that's why they're so dangerous because they're so tiny and you can carry them everywhere. They're super. They're super easy to hide, you know, and that's why they're so easy to uh, get addicted to. I heard the word euphoria, and I automatically assume like that would be the, the reason as to why. 
It'd be dangerous, like. <laughs> well, but, I mean, you know. this is now we're you know we're going to opioid statistics here. So, 130 Americans die every day from opioid overdose. That's way more. So than it's alcohol. way yeah, it's over you know over double here, almost triple. Yeah. And um, yeah, we have a huge opioid crisis, but it's because we're just you could be a doctor, bam, you know, it's like you have a subscription, you know, that you give to the client, you know, your patient, and then you're getting money for that. So what exactly? I had to experience that, so I'm not really, I'm just going by statistical elements. A buddy of mine a long time ago gave me some Vicodin. Was it Vicodin? Not Viagra. There you go, Vicodin, yeah. Because Viagra's, <laughs> Viagra? yeah, Viagra's like the penis pill, right? It's we're like, way <laughs> too young to be worried about that. Like, we're okay, way so too there's young. that, right? Yeah. But also, Vicodin, yeah, it's the make you feel happy pill, the, or like muscle oh, relaxer. So speaking of I gotta say that girl's just too funny. <laughs> so, so Viagra like puts your ass out, right? Or at least that's what I did. Like I took like one, and I was uh, like, "Wow, I feel really good." I was like, "This is relaxes you, uh, super relaxed." Some people, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And then I took two, and then I threw up because I was like, "That's fucking insane!" Like I don't know if I'm just too relaxed now, or my body was I'm like, just, "Get the hell out of me." My brain is just so hyped up. If anything, it. I would either go normal, or I would. Because I'm always, I'm always thinking about stuff. Like my brain never stops. Oh, so that was either, my only experience. I'm either gonna go like so. baseline neutral. Or I'm gonna like be a Spider Man and climb the fucking skyscrapers and load out. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't. I don't know. There's never because like if I ever drink or something, I just get really hyper. I feel like I could lift a truck. It's ridiculous. I might have to start taking a couple shots, you know, before the gym, before the jog. <laughs> like, yeah, go jog at the gym real quick, you know, hit them a couple shots and just be like ah, <laughs> like just start <laughs> lifting everything. Like that'd be. I don't know. Is that like a secret? Nah. Yeah, nope. This is how addiction starts. <laughs> this is where addiction like, comes into play. Huh? I was like, somebody has this idea like, oh, become Spider-Man? It's like you do the stair climbers and you break your legs. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Alcohol-related incident. He's just another statistic. That's what it is. <laughs> Leave it alone. We're not getting sued. <laughs> yeah. He was drunk. It's over. He's gone. It's like midnight. It's like, where the fuck are your personal trainers? Oh, Why were they watching this guy? Damn. No, the personal trainers got to get lifeguard training. Have we talked about this? Why would they need lifeguard training? Oh, because I'm like drowning in a pool or something? Like, well, no, I, mean, I just meant because of some guy, he's really high or something, and he's what? bench pressing, and he fucking crushes his jugular because, you know, that's all hypothetical. Yeah. I'm sure there, there could probably be bodybuilder guys who smoke the biggest, fattest joint and just go in there. All I'm going to say is Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's it. That's all Does I'm going to say. But did you just ask if he smokes weed? Yes. Boy, him and Snoop should get together. That's all I'm going to say. I like, never knew that. That's <laughs> all that dude did when he was at the gym. They they hotboxed the gym. <laughs> like the fucking gym. Wait, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the biggest no, I dude know, in but the like, world, I never... sitting there with all these honeys on him. They all just smoking it up. But I was like, okay. I can't so like in the 70s, man. his yeah. big burly ass just, <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't picture. I mean, you what? I can't picture him. I don't know why. Just go watch the video. There's videos on him just sitting there, but he doesn't care because obviously nobody else cares in a sense of. That's well, like just, I mean, I'm not gonna judge the guy, but yeah. it just caught me off guard. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> in my eyes too, like in all honesty, I feel like it's not a dangerous thing. Like it really isn't. It's hard. I, I would. Say. It depends on the effect, like the effects it would have on that individual, I guess. So, I don't know. I'm not going to dive the, into that The only far. time I've ever heard of anyone's lives getting destroyed from weed is if they were selling it before it was decriminalized in certain states. That's about the only time I've yeah, ever I've really heard of like, anyone. Like, during this whole opioid and alcohol thing, you're not going to see, oh, marijuana death. Like, no, <laughs> exactly. You're not going to see it. <laughs> Unless you're, like, already suicidal and you're really high and it gives you the 
courage to finish the, the job. The courage to not kill yourself. I yeah. bet you he'll be like, I now have reason to live. Like, it's the and strangest then it goes thing away in the second you don't smoke weed? Probably. How would you stay perpetually high? Oh, like high 24-7? Yeah. Breathalyzer. Or not breath, inhaler. Oh, like yeah. Idle Hands? Yeah, like, wouldn't you ever that be seen that movie? No, I haven't. But wouldn't that be sick? Like, could oh, you imagine never making seen Idle Hands? an inhaler that somehow... That's what he does in like, the movie. could light and He just... smokes weed out of his inhaler. <laughs> what the fuck? The main character smokes weed out and Seth Green's in it. What? For yeah. real? It's called Idle Hands? Yeah. Okay, well, they... So, the, the whole point of the movie is this guy's hand gets uh, possessed by the devil, so he cuts it off. Oh, so like the Evil Dead... Bruce Campbell? The, uh, not, this is more of a horror comedy versus a straight. Okay. Okay. But it's pretty. And then, like, the offspring, the band's in it. And they're doing, like, an uh, AFI cover. It's okay, really I'm gonna cool. have to watch this movie. It's really cool. But yep. Yeah, so the, the hand gets cut off and it's, like, running around town, uh, killing people and just doing crazy stuff. So he kills it. Um, I can't remember if it throws a knife. It like, throws it in the microwave. It's weird. What the it's, hell? It's a crazy movie. I've seen it in a few years, but I really liked it. It was, it was pretty great. But so, so in all of this whole addiction thing, too, yeah. like, we somehow debunked <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> I think marijuana's been debunked for years. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, we're, we're ushering along. Not saying we smoke. I know. I don't know about Phil, but I don't. I, I do every I now and then. Not, I'll, I'll be straight up honest. Yeah, every now and then. Like once in a great while. Alright. Let's move on here. Uh, 2.1 Americans have an opioid problem. 5% of people with an opioid disorder will try heroin. Oh. <laughs> About 20 to 30% of people who take prescription opioid misuse them. Well, that's obvious. Otherwise, it wouldn't have an addiction problem. Since 1999, the sale of opioid painkillers have skyrocketed 300%. What in the actual fuck? 300%? Because it's, it's a fucking business. It's all business. That's why the healthcare is so pricey here. They can just write you off a hundred oxycodone and you just pop it every day. Fucking milk and cookies. Santa wants <laughs> is here. Santa wants his good stuff. <laughs> Santa wants that opioid. <laughs> Damn. There's 47,600 fatal overdoses in America which involved at least one opioid. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that's population control, or do you think it's honestly they just don't give a shit and they're making so much money off of it that they just want to be like, here, have more? Well, I mean, if you... Maybe that's why it's not decriminalized to control the population, but that, that would only be in America. If other countries are decriminalizing this stuff to help them get off of it and see it as a health problem, which it really is. Addiction is kind of a health, you know, uh, defect in itself. So, mm-hmm. But you can become healthy again. People do. I've witnessed... At least two or yeah, three people changes. who have, you know, gotten off hard drugs like that. But it, it, it's the same token. Yeah, it it could be. But there's all kinds of health con- or uh, population control conspiracies. If anything, that's what they do with animals if they get overpopulated. They're putting hunters going up. Is it going to be like the purge or something? Is that population control? Like what's it? I don't know. They can just. just... <laughs> I'm just like going through the scenarios in my head of like, oh my god. Like, they probably, I don't, I've, I've always taken, like, Black Friday as the purge, like, people It just, kind of is. They, they it, really it is. have taken it to the next level of, like, I'm just gonna blast you for your 24 screen inch TV outside this Walmart. Like, why, first of all, it's always a goddamn Walmart. Like, somebody's always <laughs> That's getting not jacked entirely true, because I was like, working at Kmart, and I, I, see, I seen a grandma punch a dude over a 360 that was on sale. 
I saw a little kid get ran over by a basket. Like, really? Up, this woman was just like, this kid ain't getting out of my way. I'm like, dude, he's like five, and he was staring at a piano. Like, I was this kid. No, I was just like, like, that, that was when I was clocking out. I seen oh, okay. the, the grandma getting the fist fight. But, like, when I was going to work that night on TV, there was a dude in Sacramento. Um, he was at a Walmart on the news, that guy specifically. But he, he threatened to stab some guy waiting in line for a TV. Like, they were, because, you know, they have, like, a ticket system. Yeah, he is it's like a threatening guy in front. He's like, oh, fucking stab me if you don't let me get all that 30 inch TV. It was like a really good deal. My God. <laughs> and I don't know, was he on opioids? Like, I was no idea. You know what? He probably wasn't because he'd be happy and he wouldn't want to stab that person for the TV. But he'd overdose. And that's our issue today is addiction. He would die because he overdosed. But right? yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you could use population control without being violent, that's the way to do it. That's why you poison the food. That's why you get drug problems. That's why you. You know, yeah. that's why you uh, don't fix the mental health crisis. That's why people blame guns, because guns are, guns are a tool, you know, and it's just like, guns on, in themselves are just, it's like money. You know, if you give someone who's inherently corrupt money, it's no different than giving someone a gun. You could kill much more people with either tool, you know, it just depends on how it's used. Or there you, you go. Save a life. What if you're starved to that? Yeah. You give the guy food, he goes and buys a sandwich. Or you could give the guy the money and go, well, why is cracking overdoses in the back alley? And then you might have possibly assisted in this guy's death. You so know? this raises the question in my mind, is addiction honestly a real thing if it all depends on how the tool is used? Uh, well, I mean, that just means, I would just think it just means the item itself is not inherently evil. The person themselves just needs to get the help to overcome this problem. But, yeah, addiction's definitely real. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, he was like, wait a minute, no, you're not debunking this one. I'm like, yeah, no, addiction is real. Like, <laughs> this is a mental issue. Yeah, yeah it's, no, it's, absolutely right. It's definitely overcomable. You know, definitely. Um, oh, we've seen countless times of many individuals all overcome addiction. So, yeah, I would definitely real. say that. Yep. But, uh, but <laughs> anyway... Um, <laughs> I like to troll sometimes. That's no, just what it is. <laughs> it's fine. Keep it interesting. Yeah. All right. So, what else have we got here? Okay, let's go into family-related risks because this is we're talking about generational problems. If you get to that problem, you get it rooted with the future generation, like our generation now. They start having kids in one to two more, maybe three or four more generations. Eventually, you could just stop it. Okay. Yeah. Or but just what if wait until singularity comes out because already there's already work on that like a microchip, right? You could put it in your brain to give them processing power. Or if you could just use it to override fear and addiction, because like I feel like that's where cannabis comes in. <laughs> <laughs> I want this. I want the supercomputer brain. Yeah, I want it. But so Terminator though, like you would become Terminator if you could actually get a chip in your brain. Well, I mean, that would just be like the first start. I would just slowly oh. upgrade myself. Who said stop there? Oh, God. <laughs> I could, yeah. They're probably looking at this like, oh, yeah, we're going to take that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that one in the pink shirt right there. Orange. What is it? Orange? I'm a little colorblind. I think uh, it's, it's orange. It's pink. It's pinkish orange. Yeah, right. yeah. But, all right. All right. <laughs> so, researchers have identified several family-related risk factors that increase the likelihood of addiction. Family dysfunction, uh, which we covered earlier. A parent who is depressed or suffers from other mental illnesses or one or more parent who abuses or is addicted to drugs or alcohol. So, here's the actual family statistic addiction. And this will, uh, and then we're going to tie home after that with ways to reduce the addiction and tie this whole theme together. 
really try to come down to that conclusion in the last two points. So, alcoholism and drug addiction are both genetic and environmental causes, and more than 28 million Americans uh, are children of alcoholics. Nearly 11 million of those are under age of 18. So, children of addicts are eight times more likely to develop addiction. Wow. Eight times. A 1985 study suggests that genetic component, particularly in those of onset alcoholism in males, sons of alcoholic fathers are four times more likely to become alcoholics. So if you're male, are you more likely to become alcoholic than a woman? Well, men are more aggressive. factor. Men are more aggressive by nature. We take more risks, take more risks. But that's also why there's more, this makes success with men because we're more willing to sacrifice because generally we have lower IQs. So that's, that's, that's a pinch up for the risk factor. You can't be scared of something if you don't see the consequence. <laughs> there's this hole here. I'm going to jump in it to find out. And your lady friend is like, don't do it. That's just She's like, don't do it. Yeah. It's like, what if the Ninja Turtles are down there? <laughs> you know what's sad? You said that and I was like, jumping. <laughs> now we got that fucking snorkel. It's, um, I think after one or two failures, they're more likely to, to open, uh, to like work for someone else before they start their own business. But from a male perspective, it's just like, we'll fail a hundred times, and then once we get it right, we're just like, I told you so, you know? <laughs> that's what's up. But at least we get it right. See, that's the... That's the oh, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. you fail a hundred times, you get it right a hundred one time. Someone's going to care about those hundred, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, all right. So, uh, children whose drugs are more likely to have one or more parents. Who, yeah, well, that was kind of a given. Um, children that live addicted parents experience greater physical and mental health problems and higher health and welfare costs than do children with non-addicted families. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Wow. All right. Children who, uh, perceives that a parent is more, uh, permissive about the use of drugs is more likely to use drugs themselves. Well, yeah, if you're getting drunk in front of Johnny every night, grows up to be an alcoholic and he beats his girlfriend. Whoa! What do you <laughs> Johnny Senior. Where's the aggression coming from? I'm a happy drunk. <laughs> well, I mean, I am too, but there's plenty of people who aren't. Okay, so if Johnny Senior's here, and he decides to pop a few Vicodin with his alcohol, and he's, oh, shit. he's watching Andy Griffith, you know, <laughs> and then little Johnny's like, oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> what's happening is your yeah. dad's going to go away for a long time to La La Land. <laughs> there's another video, you know, in the uh, Sesame Street communities. With, um, they talk about this uh, kid's mother and like how the family gets like reunited and how the parents went away and they go like to this fancy spa and they get all this help but I don't I don't know if they should be I don't know if we should be pampering people that need recovery it needs to be more of like real life constructive habits and scenarios you know and like alternative uh, ways to live versus I'm going to go on a mini vacation and then forget about it and then, after being pampered, go back to that same stress, and then just, mm. that, that seems to me like it would cause a greater relapse. I can see that. What if they, like, reduced, never mind, nope. How, 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 I don't even know how to, like, deal with addiction in general. Like, how would you deal with addiction? Like, how would you, quote, unquote, be? Like, okay, like, if it were me? Yeah, like, how, I well, would... not even if it were you, just in general, like, what, what would a solution be to, to the public, like, to, just from your own opinion, like, your own perspective? Okay. Go, go, um, read some books. Read some books, okay. Then go to the gym. Go to the gym, okay. Go to the gym, drink, like, a gallon of water. Okay. Do some cardio. Oh, 
and sit in the sauna for 10 hours. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, you're having them like sweat it out. Yeah. All that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you read the books, maybe listen to motivational speeches, get you going, get in the right mental state, and then you go to the gym, you sweat it out. Then if you have any draggy friends, you just, <laughs> you just cut you them just off. Get them off. <laughs> you, know, you guys are no longer friends. That's it. It's done. You know, Dr. Phil moment. So you cut them off. And Damn. They, and then any family, too. So basically what you're saying is... Any friends like, or family that are junkies, you cut them off. Like what it was directed yeah. back is men, mental state. It's a mental... Yeah, and you got to take care state. of yourself. Yeah. Physically, too. And then environmental state. Yeah, and definitely environmental. Those are some of the three... And then, other than that, those ones kind of help give you a support system that you're rebuilding to help okay. overcome the genetic like predisposition that you'd be having in the first place. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we pretty much got family down. Now we're talking about ways to reduce it, and then we're gonna come to a conclusion here. Do you think? Do you think addiction is uh, completely you know, like able to be eliminated? You know, in all honesty, um, probably not. I, I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, like, maybe it could be reduced to a certain level of, It's like, like poverty and crime. You could reduce those, but they'll never go. entirely go away. Because yeah. if, if you really look at addiction, even if, like, the next few generations and, like, numbers do drop, then... Now, however... What if it, like, skips a generation or something, you know? Not only that, what if you can change it into a positive? Like, in a sense of, like, what could you... If you could flip that mental state of, like... Because we view it as a negative, right? Well, that, because well, it adheres to, like, their mental health and it adheres to their, like physical capabilities but like what if they gain like you said what if you became mother spider-man <laughs> like, what if you can gain like quote-unquote superpowers in the shit like wouldn't that be i don't know i wouldn't we're gonna get fad mellow people like <laughs> we're gonna get crackheads mailing us talking about yes i can do this like no i'm hoping you quit like stuff and just like send us photos of like super just 110 you some guy dude, like, smokes like a bunch of yeah. meth and he fucking like Tries to like he gets like his bare hands and tries to climb like a skyscraper. No, please He's no. Like, Parkour master. Oh god. Okay. So. And then we're like, we already gave the title to Freddy Krueger, man. You, you already lost. <laughs> oh if no. If he falls, he's fine. You stitch it back together. It's not the same. <laughs> See, this is what I didn't want happening. <laughs> no, but yeah, they, but. But I'm not liable time. for any stupid decisions. There you okay. go. Like no liability to yeah. idiotic crap. Like holy Jesus. But yeah, so but that 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 was my like idea there is if you could flip it to a positive. Okay, like, yeah. Would it be more viable I, and okay to quote like would it be better accepted by society as a quote unquote addiction? Like if you, know you know could I mean? just rewire those same neurons to constructive habits. So you could do it without the the outside help is what you're saying. Like you could still do it. What I'm saying is you would get the outside help of like a rehab center, but they help reconstruct a lifestyle and a life that doesn't pamper you. Uh, not all of them are like that. But yeah. You just, like, when you see it in the media, you see these, you know, like, these fancy ones that have, like, hot tubs and the seuss, uh-huh. you know, and you get out, and then your boss tells you you're getting fired or close to getting fired, and then your kids are hungry, and you struggle with your bills, and then you're like, oh, oh my God, I need to go and drink a bunch more because my life sucks, and I'm too weak, you know, mentally yeah, right now to try to fix it. Yeah. And, uh... But that's in a moment, you know, like, they're not always like that, but everyone has a moment of weakness at some point in time. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, the more I really think about it, uh, that that's how I how I see it. Uh, but in terms of turning it into a positive, yeah, you to restru- reconstruct that. But it makes me think of this uh, article I read. It's uh, obsession is a tool you can use as, like, an ultimate form of education. 
Because self-directed learning is the way to go. That's why yeah. people do terrible in school, but when they go off to like college or they try to build their career, they can do better. But you need the self-drive to learn like business skills and tech skills, and, like art skills nowadays. You need more of like a unicorn, you know? It's a little different. You need to have like, this nice blend of skills. Because um, if you can't really teach yourself and work for yourself for free for a while until you can actually monetize it, then you can't go complain to the government that you owe $100,000 in loans for your art history degree that you don't know how to market. You know? The thing is, if you had the addiction mindset in it, or, yeah, addiction mindset, but applied to learning, that's how you turn it into a positive. Mm -hmm. You could actually, like, overcome and achieve far greater than just that normal, like, oh, okay, I'm just going to do this now, rather than, I need to do this, like, I yeah, need to yeah, have this yeah. amount. Yeah, okay. Because I... I have a huge problem with obsession when it comes to like learning something. I have to know everything about it, or at least to an extent, it really drives me nuts. But it, it helps you learn faster that way, and it gets you really immersed. Because if you're in an immersive mindset, then you get into that flow state people talk about, and yeah. that's, that's when you can like create your best quality work. I just pop so, on that YouTube video of two hours piano music, like soft quote-unquote studies, and then just go from there. So, um... All right, so uh, thanks for listening, and make sure to check the episode notes if you want to learn anything else. Uh, I have links to, like, seven different sources. And then follow our brand on social media, like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. And, you know, like I said, we'll be consistently reaching new content and merchandise in the near future for the next one to two weeks. And if you have any ideas that you'd like for us to create, let us know. And when we start creating premium content for YouTube or Patreon, uh, definitely let us know. All right, thanks.